Amen. Make no mistake, the Lamb has overcome. Everlasting love has won. That is why we sing. That is why we celebrate. That is why we gather, even if we have to gather online. That's why nearly one-third of the world's population will acknowledge Christ in some way today. That's why you're watching this service at this time, because the Lamb has overcome and everlasting love has won. That's why we say that Jesus is the subject today and every day. It's not the Easter Bunny. It's not COVID-19. It's not social distancing. No, today we focus on Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the suffering servant, the Messiah, the Lamb of God. And as we conclude this series, I've chosen that title, the Lamb of God, because the image of a lamb is rich and pervasive throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. From the earliest pages in Scripture, a lamb represents a sacrifice to be offered in place of another. And therefore, this image points us to Jesus Christ taking our place on the cross. Join me on a journey through Scripture. In Genesis 22, God says to Abraham, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. At the base of the mountain, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood upon it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the top of the altar on top of the wood. And when he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son, the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram And sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Then exactly 40 chapters later in Exodus 12. A lamb once again represents a substitute sacrifice. This time providing salvation and deliverance for an entire nation. In Exodus 3. I'm sorry in Exodus 12. God spoke to Moses and said. Tell the whole community. Of Israel, that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. The animals you choose must be year old males without defect, and all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood 
and put it on the sides and tops of their door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. And on that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. And the blood of the lamb will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. And in generation after generation, the people of God would do just that. They would celebrate and remember the Passover lamb in their largest and most significant festival. Throughout Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the books of the law refer to lambs as sacrifices that pay the penalty for the sins committed by God's people. Eventually, the prophets began to speak of a lamb that would come from God, providing a final sacrifice once for all. A lamb would overcome sin and death on our behalf. Everlasting love would win the final victory for us. Nowhere is this prediction seen more clearly than in Isaiah 53, where the great prophet writes, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Then, over 700 years later, a man named John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This Lamb of God would live a perfect, sinless life here on earth and do many miracles, signs, and wonders to prove that He was indeed the Son of God. And just before His death, He promised His followers that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Then he was betrayed into the hands of sinful men, and the Lamb of God died a gruesome and horrifying death on a cross. He took my place, and he took your place. The Lamb of God died to pay the penalty of my sin and your sin. And that, my friends, is good news for us. But the best news came on the third day when the women... And later the disciples discovered the empty tomb. The stone had been rolled away, not because Jesus needed to get out, but because they needed to get in and see that it was empty. And hear the angel declare, He is not here. He has risen. The Lamb had overcome. Everlasting love had won. And from that point forward, the empty tomb reframed life and death for everyone forever. 
It launched an unstoppable movement that began in Jerusalem with 11 disciples and a small group of followers, but grew quickly, broadly, uncontrollably, as the news spread throughout the world that when the time had fully come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed. And death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your sting? Where, O death, is your victory? For the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This victory over sin and death is available to you, to me, to everyone you know, everyone in this community, everyone in our nation, everyone around the world. We cannot earn it. We cannot purchase it. And we will never deserve it on our own. As Peter writes, You know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, so your faith and your hope are in God. And in the final pages of Scripture, containing the revelation of the final things to take place at the end of this current physical world, we find no less than 30 references to Jesus Christ as the Lamb who has overcome The Apostle John, one of the original twelve disciples, writes the words of Revelation chapter 5. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb. And they sang a new song, singing, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And some of the final words of Scripture tell us of a new city, a new Jerusalem for all who are found in Christ, which is a part of the new heaven and the new earth. Again, John writes, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it, but nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb has overcome. Everlasting love has won. This is not just a nice story. It's the greatest story ever told. 
It's my story, and it's your story. It's the story of God, of his great love for you, and his great provision for you through the Lamb who has overcome sin and death on your behalf. The most important question in all of eternity is whether the Lamb has overcome your sin and your death. Has everlasting love won your heart? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Will you enter the new Jerusalem at the end of all things and spend eternity in the presence of the Lamb? If your answer to that question is no, or if you're uncertain in any way, that can change today. The bottom line in all of this is that the Lamb has overcome so that you can overcome. The Lamb has overcome suffering so that you can overcome your season of suffering or grief. The Lamb has overcome betrayal so that you can overcome betrayal, even by those closest to you. The Lamb has overcome the storms of this life so that you can overcome the storms of life. The Lamb has overcome sin so that you can overcome sin. And the Lamb has overcome death so that you can overcome death and have eternal life in His presence. Three things are crystal clear as we read this book. The first is that God loves you. He's crazy about you. He will go at great lengths to show his love for you. The second is that Jesus died for you. You are part of the world which God so loved that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus died for you. And the third thing that's crystal clear is that you have a choice to make. And there are three responses to this good news. There are three responses to this lamb who has overcome, to this everlasting love that has won the final victory for us. And those three responses are first that you can reject it. You can call it a lie. And you can even oppose it and vehemently fight against it. Or The second option, you can just ignore it. You can live as if it doesn't exist and pretend that it's not true. Finally, and this is the option that I hope each and every person who is watching this, whether live or at some point in the future, my hope and my prayer is that each and every one of us will respond by accepting it and embracing it and living for it, and sharing it with everyone we come in contact with. And so if you recognize your sinfulness and your need of a Savior, and you're ready to repent from your sins and follow Jesus, then today can be the day of your salvation. Easter Sunday, April 12th, 2020, can be the day of your salvation. And so if you're already a believer in Christ, then I want you to join me in praying for the people who are hearing this for the first time or who are wrestling with this for the first time or who are responding in faith to this for the first time. And if you are watching this and you are ready to receive Christ, then I want you to pray this prayer with me wherever you are. Lord Jesus, today we see your great love for each and every one of us. We see our great need for you and your great love for us. And we confess 
that we are sinners and that we have fallen short. And we ask you to be our Savior forever. Pledge to follow you and to spend the rest of our lives with you in a relationship with you and to share you with others. Thank you for overcoming sin and death for us. Thank you for your great love for us. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to connect with you. Send us a message through our Facebook page. Write an email to mark, M-A-R-C, at linwoodchurch.org. We would love to follow up with you and connect with you. And wherever you are, may you respond in faith to God's goodness today. In Jesus' name, amen.